Welcome to the Namely Marley podcast. My name is Marley. Today's guest is Rachel Fine, a singer-songwriter from Brooklyn, New York. It's been a big year for Rachel, who signed a deal with Sunset Records and released her debut album. I spoke to Rachel recently about her music, the making of her album, and of course, her name. Hi, Rachel. It's Marley. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for your time today, and thanks for uh, agreeing to participate in this interview. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about your name. Yeah, my pleasure. It's a unique concept, so I was kind of psyched when I read about it. It was neat. Yeah, I think so, too. So I, I read about you that you're a singer-songwriter from Brooklyn, and you have this background in acting and all these exciting things that I hope we have time to talk about later. But first, I'd like to begin our interview by uh, you're talking about your name. Can I ask you what your parents named you when you were born? They named me Rachel, Rachel Susan. Yes, it's a nice name. And, and did they t- ever tell you why they picked this name? Um, you know, I, I think it's after my father's, the R is, is after my father's uh, uncle's, great uncle's name. I'm probably, I should have looked that up actually, Ronald. Um, so they used the, the first letter to, to um, you know, honor him. He died in uh, World War II. Oh, that's nice to honor him. Yeah, he was a fighter pilot in um, England who was shot down in the war. Wow, that's that feels really good. I'm sure to have that that memory of your uncle like that. Yes, that's nice. And I've I've read about names that begin with the letter R. There's a certain level of passion to a person with that. I don't know if you've heard that too or not. But I haven't, but I definitely think um, that's a word that would describe me for sure. Um, I'm super passionate, very driven. Um, I think passion is driven me uh, in life further than, than anything else. I mean, that's, that's kind of why I do what I do every day. Oh, that's wonderful. How did you, did you think about your name as a child? Um, I thought a lot about the spelling of my name. I went through a phase where I really wanted to try on a different spelling every week. <laughs> so um, I think I, you know, I spelled it a hundred different ways growing up just because I was bored. So there was a lot of R-A-E-C-H-E-L, R-A-E-C-H-E-L-L-E. I kept trying to find unique ways to make Rachel stand out a little more. Did you ever try R-A-Y-C-H-E-L? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I even went for, I had like a week, this was like on rotation around sixth grade, but I even had a week that it was R-A-Y-E-C-H-U-L. I was really <laughs> going for the gold on that one. Yeah. How, how did your parents react to that? Um, they thought it was clever for a minute, um, and then they were really over it. So yeah. <laughs> they said, we spelled it the perfect way, can you just accept that? So yeah, that was, there was a point where I was done with that, but for a while, I found my uniqueness in the spelling. And and so you reached the conclusion of your parents that it, yeah the, the spelling as it is is fine. I yes I did and actually now it drives me nuts when people misspell it. That's so kind of funny you know. Um, I think the the most common misspelling is always R A C H A E L. Yeah. Which is tough for me to think about how you pronounce because that to me looks like Richelle. But yeah. um, I'm just, now I'm just uh, I'm glad I've got the basic spelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious as an adult how how do you like the name it. It sounds like you have a different last name. Is that because of marriage? No, no, no. Um, my last name is Fine, and uh, that's my birth name. Oh, um, yeah, it is. And um, that one was actually much tougher as a kid because anytime any child who grows up with a last name that means something can relate with me uh, on the fact that you just get teased mercilessly. It doesn't matter what that last name is. Yeah. To find a way to turn it into some way to tease you. Yeah. So, it's you know, I got constantly, what's your middle name is? What's your middle name isn't? What's your middle name? He's an overdue library. I mean, they would just find a way to make 
fine means something, you know. Um, so that was a little bit tougher as a kid. But now <laughs> I embrace my name, and now it's uh, now I think it's it's suits me well. That's wonderful. I think you mentioned, uh, or, or the bio I read said that you started out in acting. Yeah. Do you remember any of the names of the characters that you've played? Uh, the names of the characters. Um, yes. Um, on a national tour, I played Sylvia in uh, play Sylvia. I, um, I played a girl named Jenny in uh, Chapter Two in Neil Simon play. Uh, and I probably of all the names, that was the one that was the strangest to me, only because. Um, it seemed so girl next door to play someone named Jenny. And, uh, I was always, I, you know, I never really played that, that I usually was playing the crazy character parts and the, the wild goofy neighbor and all the, you know, I would kind of play the weird stuff and, um, growing up. And so when I was playing just an engineer named Jenny, I was really struck by like, gosh, that seemed so, um, foreign to me. Yeah. Did the name help you get into the part? Um, for that one, yeah, it did just because, um, like I said, it was so specific to, uh, a very kind of, um, predictable, yeah, yeah, pretty simple and gentle. And there was just, um, like I said, just that girl next door sense of it. And everything I'd done before that had been so outlandish. So I just kind of toned it down when I played a Jenny. I remember that. I think it would be difficult um, if people were calling you by that name and you're supposed to react and you're not used to that name, I bet that would be hard. Yeah, you get used to it. I mean, when you do, um, you know, I did theater for a long time and um, I've probably, you know, I've done uh, probably 50 different plays in my life. So, you know, you kind of immerse yourself in that role when you become that character. And um, yeah, everything from, I, you know, played a, a nun named Sister Hubert in a play. So I definitely have um, spun the gamut in regard to, to playing different characters. But you, um, there is something about the reason that the playwright chose that name for that character. And if you can kind of tap into that, it gives you a little insight in, into who you're playing. Yeah, from Sylvia to Hubert, you've played it all. Yeah. <laughs> so as a singer and songwriter, do you ever use personal names in the songs that you write? I don't use personal names, but sometimes I find subtle ways to reference the person I'm singing about mm-hmm. um, through the song. And, and it's in a way that, you know, the public wouldn't necessarily pick up, but the person, were they to hear it, would know that the song was about them. So finding little um, either nicknames or um, words that are similar to their name. Um, one of the songs, actually the title track on my album, uh, on Own Your Own, I reference uh, so I, I change people's names based on um, how I remember them. So, you know, one guy I sing to you, I call Mr. Dreadlocks, and he would certainly know who that is. And there's another one I uh, sing to um, that is uh, Mr. Marvel, and um, it was a reference to, to someone who uh, was involved in a, a well-known comic book company. So there's different ah, references yeah. across the board to their names so that they'll, they'll know who they are. Endearing nicknames. Yeah. Have you ever gone by a nickname? It's Rach. Um, and Rachilla. I've been called Rachilla before. It's uh, R-A-C-H-I-L-L-A. <laughs> You've got to spell it right. <laughs> yeah, it's important. The spelling, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm always impressed with songwriters, and I, I read that you wrote the lyrics for your album. Yeah. I'm just curious, how do you go about taking the events of your day and turning those into lyrics? It seems like it would be a difficult process. You know, um, I think it happens in a very organic way for me, and this is different from other people, I would have a very hard time sitting down with a musical track and then trying to smush in words to kind of fit the rhythm of that track. That wouldn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've done to this point is um, maybe a little bit less disciplined, but 
when I'm feeling really um, torn up over something or something's really sitting in my mind, sometimes the only way I can move past it is to just sit down and get it out on paper. And essentially I write poetry uh, and then I sit down with my music producer who finds a way to kind of capture the feel of what I'm talking about in music. Um, and then from there, we kind of massage the words to fit the structure of the song we come up with together. Um, so I kind of do it from a words perspective first. Um, and that's, you know, it's all, as you mentioned, it's all stuff that's come directly from my life that I was able to, um, that I wanted to share with people. Well, that's nice. And uh, I have always, like I say, I admire people who write their own music versus uh, letting it be given to them. Yeah, you know what I've had, a, and I, it's funny because you get spoiled, actually. Like, I think it would be hard for me at this point to take uh, someone else's words and yeah. someone else's song and sing them. And I know that, you know, for the, for the rest of your life, you can't rely on, you know, writing every single song yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been really blessed to be able to have had that opportunity. And I hope to, it's, it's a really organic artistic process. So I hope to continue to get to do that. Oh, that's great. Your style of music, I have to say, I, I would describe it as eclectic. How do you describe it? That's fair. Um, I think it's, it's most commonly de- uh, described as a blend of kind of neo-soul and trip-hop. It's very, yeah. I always describe it as a late night with a bottle of wine. Yeah. It's just chill. It's just laid back. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of influence from the quiet storm movement in the 70s. Um, it's just, it's dark and a little twisty and um, it's intimate. I read that um, you performed the national anthem for major sporting events. And I think for people who have never done that, they, they don't understand how difficult that can be. Can you describe how you prepared for that? Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing, the anthem is a tough song to sing in general. I mean, I think it ranges something like an octave and a half. And it's a significant <laughs> yeah. song that you have to <laughs> tackle. Um, but the, the toughest part is actually the echo that you're dealing with in the stadium. Um, I performed at one stadium, there were 50,000 people and you're out on the, on the 50 yard line and looking up at just the tons of people around you and the, you know, big jumbotron of your face on it, you're trying to kind of ignore because so you can just kind of get paralyzed staring, you know? Yes. And um, I think the toughest thing is the sound bounces back off the walls of the stadium um, with a delay. So as you're, you know, a sentence into the song, the first sentence is bouncing back at you. So even with earplugs, you're trying to hear yourself, you're trying to balance the pitch and ignore the echo coming back at you. And that's the, the toughest uh, part of it. You almost just have to push through and hope that you stay consistent in the key because um, it's, you can't rely on listening to yourself. And that's, I've never experienced um, that kind of an acoustic issue anywhere else except the stadium. Yeah. Like I say, I think it's probably something most people don't realize how hard it is. It really is. The echo makes it uh, definitely a challenge. Yeah. And you recently released this debut album, uh, Own Your Own. And uh, I've read that it's this reflective sounds of the 70s, soul, uh, hip hop, all of these things. I'm just curious, what was the experience like uh, going through recording that and then having this finished product? Man, it was amazing. Um, I think, yeah, it, it... up to this point in my life, I've worked on a lot of people's musical projects. Like, you know, I've been in other people's plays, and I've sang in other people's bands, and I've done you know, a lot of work for other people that I found great and inspiring or not so great but interesting or an opportunity. Uh, this was the first time I took something from start to finish on my own. And there's such a fulfilling feeling in, in starting at the conception of something, the spark of an idea, sitting down with the music producer and saying, if we wanted to do something, what would we do? You know, what are your influences right now? Where are my influences? Let's listen and talk and, and not rushing the process at all. I mean, we started with 
one song and found one interesting style that we kind of liked and, you know, just let it unfold in a very natural way. We spent it over, over a year and a half, almost two years on the project. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, the time that we sent it out to be printed and, you know, the, the music was done, the final tracks were done, the artwork was done, you know, the, the thank yous and the book, every, you know, from, from start to finish that cleared the, the, um, clearing the uh, typesetting, you know, that was that we wanted to use with its owners. I mean, when you're involved in every single piece of it, it wasn't like, um, you know, now I'm with a label, but it wasn't, uh, at the time, I self-published the entire thing, you know, and then brought it to a label. So it's not like artists who are, you know, brought in by a label who, you know, are given some music and they sing it and it's released. I mean, I literally had my thumb on every single piece of this project from beginning to, to end. And um, when I opened the box of CDs for the first time and held something in my hand that I'd created from start to finish. I don't think I've ever been more proud of anything in my life. I bet. Each, pro- each step in the process sounds like an exciting milestone. It really was. Yeah, it really, and it, it was a leap of faith. You know, it was, um, it was something that, uh, that I, you know, I knew when I, I, I think if I had thought about the end point from the beginning, it would have been too overwhelming to even start, but I just put one foot in front of another towards what felt good on this project and just trusted that it would all unfold as it was supposed to. What great words of inspiration for anybody trying to pursue a dream. Yeah, I think you can get caught up in how big you hope it would get down the road. Um, and that can scare you off from even starting because it just seems overwhelming. But um, my, my approach has always been just keep taking a step forward. What are you doing today to further your dream and let it unfold as it's going to. Mm-hmm. Compared to what you were thinking at the beginning and where you are now, has ha, have you met your goals as far I've as this album? On, yeah, on this album I have. I think um, you know this was extremely reflective of where I was from an emotional perspective, from a um, you know, musical perspective. It really encapsulates that time in my life. And I think um, just like music, everything evolves over time. And so I think as I approach the next album, I have some clarity in, in regard to where that evolution will take me next. And I look forward to putting that down on paper and capturing that moment. And I'm sure that by the time that that CD is printed, I'll be then in another place. You know what I mean? So I guess that's the, the hard part is, um, or maybe the fun part is just allowing yourself to evolve with each project. Will you begin with a recording label on the, on the next one? Oh yeah. Yep. Exciting. I'm uh, with Sunset Records. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah. How did Thank you know. select the name Own Your Own? Interesting question. Um, you know, we finished the album and actually, you know, there's a track on the album called um, Oh My Own and we kind of wrote that after we came up with the title of the album because we felt like it needed to be reflective of one of the title tracks or it should be reflective of a title track on the CD. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just spent a lot of time kicking ideas back and forth with uh, my music producer on what are we going to call this album? And I like, it, I, you know, it was just I was out running one day actually and, and the name kind of popped in my head, Own Your Own, and I liked it on multiple levels. Um, I liked the idea that maybe someone will go buy their own album, go own your, go own the album. Um, but I also liked that there's a lot of um, thematic stuff about taking your own responsibility for your life and standing in your own space and knowing you're there and liking yourself and accepting yourself for the good and the bad and just owning who it is you are as a human being. And I liked that sense of, um, of stepping into yourself and I felt that own your own kind of encapsulated that. I also kind of liked the palindrome effect of it. I kind of liked that it was, I don't know, there was yeah. just a nice little, um, yeah, like there's just a, a bounce to that, to that phrase for me. Yeah. That, I, I didn't think about that, but you're right that uh, it goes on both sides. Own your own. Yeah. I like that. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a very powerful statement. It's the first thing I noticed when I, I saw your albums. The name was great. Thank you. The mistake I won't make next time is naming the album Own Your Own, but the title track Own My Own, because in like almost every interview that gets swapped and it's confusing and I don't even remember which one I'm saying generally. I have to like stop and think, just own your own or own my own. So next time I will be much more clear and just choose one phrase and use that. <laughs> Did you name it after after you'd recorded it? Yeah, the uh, the song. Well, when I when we chose the title for the album, I said it. You know, I told Tim uh, Timothy Schlatter is my um, music producer, and uh, he liked it right away. And we were both into it. And we said, okay, well, then we got to work on a track. You know, we, we weren't done with the album. We were about three quarters way done. Yeah. And he said, you know, we got to come up with a track that 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 references and really that sums up the album that we can really look at as the title track. And um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what really inspired us to want to make a slight change in that title and and make it something something different, but. Uh, that, that's probably the, if I could change one thing on the album, I would just keep the name of the title track and the CD consistent. <laughs> hindsight, you know, <laughs> hindsight, hindsight. Yeah. You figure that out when you're doing the interviews, right? That's <laughs> in every interview. Yes. And every time I step on stage and I'm introducing the next song, I have to think about, wait, is this own my own or own your own? So just for my own sanity, I would absolutely keep them consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. Back on the topic of names, there, there's this history that I've discovered, or I'm not me, I mean, I'm not re responsible for discovering this, but I, we all know about this, this history of successful people who have changed their names as a part of that journey. So uh -huh. some examples I can point to are um, Portia de Rossi, she's the Australian actress who starred in shows, yeah. she was in Ally McBeal and Arrested Development. She changed her name from Amanda Rogers when she was 15, and, and I can assume that it was part of uh, stimulating her acting career, getting that moving. Mm. Um, other famous name changes would include people like Marilyn Monroe, Shania Twain, John Legend, Elvis Costello, some, you know, obviously some big names in, in music. I'm curious what your thoughts are about this concept of, of changing your name and how that can make a difference in someone's life. You want to feel great um, yeah. about the outward reflection of who you are. And if, you know, if your name doesn't suit your energy, change it. <laughs> find, you know, find something that feels good to you. Um, you know, I, I think everyone has thought about or, or romanticized the, you know, movie star's name or thought, you know, they would love to have something either more exotic or more simple if their name is out there and crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's about, you know, maybe it's like getting a tattoo. Like you want to wait until you're old enough to really feel like it's good for it to stick for the rest of your life. You know, so I think if <laughs> that's you're, a good, you know, that's a good one. <laughs> I think if you, um, if you sit with something for a while, you know, as you're coming up through adolescence and into adulthood and you feel strongly that, um, there's a, another moniker that suits the person you are, by all means, go for it. You know, I think that I grew into my name. I think fine was a tough name for me to have as a kid, particularly my last name was tough for me as a kid. Um, and now I wouldn't change it for the world. Now I think that there is something special about it. Now people ask me all the time if it's my real last name. Um, and I'm happy that it is, you know, that feels special to me. It did work out really well. In fact, I was going to ask you, do you think your name has had any impact in your career? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think, um, you know, now I get a lot of comments on it or, you know, Oh, that really is your last name. And wow, <laughs> she is fine. Or, you know, goofy or gosh, it's, it. Serves yeah. well for a clever interview title. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> a lot of like, she's so fine, or you know, things like that. That kind of it lends itself to. But you know what? I'm thankful that it's a positive word. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. Rachel horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out well for me. But uh, like I said, a challenge as a kid, I embrace it as an adult. Right. If you could have any name you wanted for just one day, 
and, and you know, it's like uh, in a pretend universe, you could have whatever you wanted. I, you know what? I will tell you. I think I've got it. Okay. Uh, I think Skirsa is a really beautiful name. It's an Irish name for freedom. And um, I always thought it was really beautiful. And it's funny because there's, you know, the typical uh, or the traditional Irish spelling is like S-I-O-R-S-E. And when I've seen it once or twice in English, it's usually spelled like S-I-E-R-S-H-A. Um, but I love the, the traditional Gaelic kind of um, spelling of it. But I think anyone looking at it on paper would think Syors. You know what I mean? You would have a tough time pronouncing yeah. it. But I do that, um that it's such an impassioned and blazing word that, you know, wars have been fought for freedom. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a battle cry kind of in Ireland that's Searsha. And I think that there's such a strength in that. So I think, um, I think that'd be a beautiful name. Is that your ancestry? It's not actually, I just, uh, I actually yeah. have very little tied to Ireland. I just, um, you love that name. I think there's just something so beautiful in the name. I do. I think it's, uh, I think that there's a lot of fire behind it. I love the idea of a, a name that has a lot of meaning to it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's something we lack here in the United States. I see um, names in other countries. It, it does seem like there's a lot more meaning behind those names. Absolutely. Yeah. Ours are a little more traditional baby name book kind of names. Yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I do, I think, uh, yeah, the fact that people were screaming that on battlefields, you know, <laughs> to yeah. me, that's wow. That's really powerful, you know? Yeah. So tell me, Rachel, what inspires you? What inspires you? You know, Inspiration hits me um, at all different times, and I make a practice of not acting until I feel inspired. So um, I'm actually a huge proponent of procrastination. <laughs> I think that <laughs> you pro- what's that again? I just I, I'm a huge pro- proponent of procrastination. I just think that you shouldn't do anything until you feel inspired. I think making yourself get a bunch of crap done because your to-do list is long means it's going to be done kind of in a crappy manner. I mean, you really have to, for me at least. Um, I wait on a lot of things until I just feel emblazoned to do them. And then I just do my best work and pound through tons of stuff. Um, so I think inspiration to me is just on a daily basis. There's just a little spark that gets me excited in one direction or another. Um, and if I'm not feeling that, I'm going to take a nap until it hits. That's a, that's beautiful. I think that's a, a great thought to end on. And I just want to thank you for your time today. It's been a great pleasure talking with you. It's been uh, my, my pleasure. I think, uh, very unique column that you do, and um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks to Rachel Fine for talking with me today about her music and her name. You can learn more about Rachel on the Namely Marley site at namelymarley.com. That's it for today's podcast. This is Marley, and I thank you for joining me here today. Stay tuned for more fresh and fun name interviews in the future. 